Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge, and welcome to another episode of Every Damn Day. Actually, episode uh, four of season season two, airing uh, January fourth, but taped on January third. So, uh, just uh, before I introduce my guest here, who I can't wait to talk to today because he is full of energy right now, or they are full of energy. Sorry. Um, and just want to remind everybody of the Entrepreneur of Support Organization or Entrepreneur of Support Forum that we have out there. If you're trying to start a business or grow in your business, we want to connect you with funding. But to know that, we need to uh, know certain things about you. So if you could fill out one of those forms, that would be great. Also, we've got the STEM program for youth entrepreneurialism, Everett, Sexton, Eastern, Gardner and Dwight Rich, any students seventh through 12th grade, please register for that if you've got a business idea or are thinking about entrepreneurialism. And then, of course, every Thursday from 12 to 2, we've got our Fledge uh, Crypto X system, which I'm really pushing hard because I really want our community to be informed about crypto and what could turn out probably will turn out to be the next monetary system and economy. So with all of that said, let me switch cameras and not mess up my mic because uh, I want to bring our guest on because I'm super excited to talk to Mr. Bilal. Not Mr. What do I say here? I think, uh, I've, I think I've heard it's so, Mixter, like M-I-X, oh, like, or just M-I-X, Mixter. I like that. It does? Yeah, I feel more very which uh fits in because I've been trying to uh learn FL Studio and all of that. God, I haven't gotten FL Studio yet. I'm still I'm still on Logic and GarageBand personally. Let's uh let's get your pronouns right real quick. So I go by all of them, primarily that I guess in in order. Uh they, he, she. They, he, she. They, he, she. So all of them. You can't mess it up. All right. So I've got a small problem with my uh, battery. My charger's not quite working. Let it go. It should be all right. We're going now. Right. So uh, let's jump into you a little bit. Tell us about you, your projects, what you're up to, anything you want to talk about. Well, I am a musician and a fledgling event organizer. Um, been making music for a few years now. I do have a day job in retail. Uh, not my favorite thing because I'm also very anti-capitalist. I really don't like sell, having to upsell people or none of that culture that comes with retail, but like you got to survive. So it's where I'm at right now. Um, I just had a show with my band Carl Spaces at the Robin Theater back in uh, October for Halloween. Um, it was a hybrid show online and in person. We had it live streamed and everything. It was so much fun. Brought a bunch of bands out from Detroit and Grand Rapids. Everybody came together. We had a bunch of art we gave out. It was a really, really good time. It was a sold-out show. Yeah. Yes, right? yes, it was. We sold that boy out. Which is uh, a huge accomplishment in today's environment Thank because, you. you know, we used to have shows that might be 200 people here. And maybe for a punk rock show or an emo show or for a show with your genre, maybe a hundred people, right. but it's been 10, 20, 30 people. So yeah. what a great accomplishment for you, you and the really Robin good. Theater. 
it makes me feel really good. It's super refreshing. Um, we were super worried about how it would go because our last few shows where we did our full online show here at the Fledge, uh, February of last year yeah. for Cozy Fest. And that went really well. We had a great online turnout. And But our last in-person show before that was either a year or two before then for a separate Cozy Fest. So it is... It has been quite a while since an in-person show, especially one that we put on ourselves. So it's really, really nice to have it around. I think that, you know, you and Jackson, you in particular, I've known you a lot longer. Um, we were talking about I was going to flash up photos of when you were 12. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was quite that long, but we have known each other oh, for quite yeah. a long time. Uh, and I give a lot of credit to you for the fledge even starting. Oh, I, I mean, you were one of the, remember your gaming club? Oh, oh my God, I, it was I amazing. I think about game design club a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> I've actually been thinking about, well, I've been getting back into game design with my band Crossface, my one bandmate, Jackson Callhoff. Shout out, his birthday was yesterday. It was? Um, yeah, it was yesterday. On um, the second? Yes. So I don't know It days. was two days ago. Wink, wink, yeah, because it's the fourth <laughs> when this is airing. Um, but yeah, uh, we've been working on a video game called Debt Dasher. It's mostly just a comp comedic game. Uh, the, the premise is the world is ending, but you still had to pick up a Grubhub type job to pay off your student loans before the world ends because uh, there's debt collectors in the afterlife that what, doesn't escape. You. What's the oh, that's the consequence <laughs> they keep that's, coming at you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's been super fun. Uh, working on that. Plus, I was uh, thinking yesterday about what motivates a debt collector, I, like a, a guy that just has this job. He's making right. what eleven dollars an hour. It's or like something. if cops are failed military people, you know, and we're going with that line of thinking. I think debt collectors are failed bounty hunters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they love that rush. They th they think it's the same the same chase. It makes them feel powerful. It must. I don't understand how you wake up every day and think I am going to take everything from this person. And I'm not going to stop until I do. I wonder if they do that or if they're like shielded from it. Like they just press some <laughs> buttons and then it happens and they're they like, keep oh, them behind the know. screen, numb to it. Very uh, Facebook moderator situation, yeah. although they still end up in trouble. That's not fun. <laughs> so, anti capitalism. Yes. I want to go there for a second oh, because. Yeah. You know, being an entrepreneurial support organization, like I was talking before, everyone thinks capitalist pig, man. That guy mm -hmm. just wants to make money for people and all of that. Right, right. But I have a, a different view. Yeah, right. please. So I, I am anti-capitalist in the sense that I don't think capitalism uh, should run the economy. And I think there's a, a difference between capitalism and personal business enterprise, if enterprise is the right word. But um, whereas, like, capitalism is a whole culture and economic system, obviously, for how to run a system. And it preys and relies on um, resource exploitation, gro uh, infinite growth, and kind of just like pushing down everyone else to get to the top, right? Um, which is bad. It feels very dogpile. And I don't like the idea of forcing people down to get where we want to go. Because in every sense of the word, in every system ever, you're always going to do better as a whole if you all work together. And that is very, very possible for people running their own businesses. We see it all the time with people like, uh, oh, and I'm blanking now. But companies cooperate with each other all the time. Um, one I can think of off the top of my head because of COVID being pharmaceutical companies and team research teams and such like that. Um, I, I thought just, you were going to say the Fledge and the Avenue or something. <laughs> I was, I was going to say Barnes and Noble and coffee shops, but that was 
I guess that still applies. Yeah. But that wasn't necessarily what I was going for. The point still stands is that there's a way for businesses to work together and to bring everybody up at the same time, in the same way that like artists can bring each other up by working together all the time. There's no need to fight against each other. If we can all work together, we'll all have better things that do well. Well, competition over scarcity is a huge flaw in almost all of our systems, right? And stepping on the other person's neck to get ahead has been taught to us I don't know if it's been direct or subtly or both. It feels it feels both. Like there's a lot, there's definitely some overt, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work your way to the top dogfight mentality in this country. But there's also a lot of just subversive, like, oh well, like, you know, that's just what you gotta do if you wanna make it. You can't care about everybody's feelings or you can't worry about this person you're firing or X, Y, or Z number of things. I don't know. Capitalism promotes a lot of heartlessness is, I guess, the main point that I get to is that it's it solely relies on that, like, do whatever you can to get ahead. Yeah. Um, and it's it just get, business. Exactly. It's Yes. The, it's just business mindset. Awful and very, very core to capitalism as a whole. And I hate it a lot. What's the alternative? <laughs> Cooperation. Community building. Community support. Um, I say it all the time, strong community doesn't need cops. A strong community can support itself, can grow and find new ways to innovate on its own and has its own form of healthy competition that drives even further innovation. Um, communism definitely lends itself towards that. And I would definitely call myself a communist over capitalist or a lot of other current present day symptoms now, or si systems. However, I do think there are future economic systems or ways of thinking that would be better than either capitalism, communism, socialism, everything we have right now. Um, that What it would actually legitimately be remains to be seen. I'm not a theorist uh, for full time. Oh, you're not so. writing a manifesto? Here? No, I wrote okay. one uh, for an English class on not being, uh, or rather being motivated, finding self-motivation, but uh, I'm not writing any books on theory just yet. So. We'll see who comes out with that one. But either way, I lend myself more towards communism because of the idea of community. Yeah. Um, communities, just, just humans are very community centric. We're very, very. Uh, we, we love we're, having our communities and working together and building new things. We're social animals, yes. maybe? Yes, we are 100% social pack animals. And we try to get away. Capitalism tries to pull us away from that idea. And it is the exact opposite of what we are as a species. Yeah. So as you, uh, how do you kind of, so you're an artist. Yes. Are you an entrepreneur? Are you an activist? Are you an advocate? Are you something else? I am that... all of those things. I'm an artist in the sense of I make music and I make other forms of art sometimes and video games. But I'm also an activist in the sense that I'm going to fight for everyone in the underclass that I'm here with. This class struggle is our class struggle, you know? There's no sense in leaving anybody behind. And that wraps back into the whole community thing I was saying a few seconds ago. But um, on top of that, I am, I am an entrepreneur because I do have to sell my art, and that is what I want to do with my music, is promote it, be able to make some sort of a living off it, not necessarily get rich or anything. Like I, don't, I would feel insanely bad having vast amounts of money that I wouldn't have anything to do with. That just feels dirty. However, 
I do want to make enough to just have making music be the thing that I do. You know? But let's take on some of this uh, capitalism language. Mm -hmm. So do you have to sell your art or do you have to produce art in such a way that you create a sustainable life for yourself? See, what, if a, I, what if we just donated to you? What if we were just grateful that you existed? What if we just threw you right. five fledge or five, whatever I don't know. currency yeah. for whatever amount of time. Absolutely. Um, I think, honestly, in this day and age with the, especially in this country, the vast amount of wealth that we've accumulated and continue to produce, there's absolutely no reason for everybody's basic needs to, be, to not be met. You know, universal basic income should be a no-brainer. Why, like, if, if a country is a house with a family in it, right, it would make no sense for say the head of the household to keep all of the extra money they make and help nobody not feed the kids not get anyone extra clothes etc why would you do that everybody nobody benefits from that everybody benefits when the money is shared when we reinvest in ourselves and the things around us our municipalities our roads our communities etc and then everybody does better our, the standard of living goes up people put more money into the economy more people make money as a result it's just it's some people make being a good person or using or going through good business practices seem like it's the worst or the hardest or the least reasonable thing to do when in every situation maybe not immediately but long term every situation you will benefit by helping everyone that you can there will never be a time where hurting somebody is going to help you in the long run basically um and uh on the topic of hurting I think one of the main reasons I don't like capitalism is the extraction of the value of labor from your employees in any given industry, because capitalism predicates itself on gaining as much as possible and getting as far as you possibly can ahead of everybody else, which means part of it is cutting back wages as low as you possibly can get them so that you can take that extra profit to do whatever it is capitalists do, be it shove it up their ass or any of that. Um, and so like, and it's just, there's very few things more disheartening and more just like, there's very few things more destroying to a personality in terms of like your value, personal value you find in life than generating potentially thousands of extra dollars for a company every day to come home with a hundred dollars an hourly pay, you know? And it's, it seems ridiculous that I ha should have to say that everyone is entitled to at least most, if not all, of the value that they generate from themselves. Um, but the world we live in is the exact opposite. Employers take advantage of the, um, the situations that people come into the interviews in, you know, be it I need money because I'm going to be evicted, or I just had a kid, or X, Y, or Z number of things. Um, they're taken advantage of and value is extracted and you know people can get raises at some jobs most people who get raises are men, white men though because they're conditioned to ask for it more but well, the other thing is they're professional yeah they're quote unquote more professional and there were <laughs> quote signs for everyone on spotify right now right oh my god yeah um and just we live in this culture of i'm not going to give you any more than i have to and the only way I'm going to give you more is through a wage negotiation, which 
is absolutely archaic to me. There is, it just, it's insulting. It's insulting to think like, do you know how much pressure I receive from people? I guess you could call them my peers or my colleagues mm -hmm. to charge people living in poverty to help them get out of poverty. Oh, it yeah. is crazy it's, to me. It's ridiculous. It's, it seems like so basic that you should, that these things should not be how we operate. And yet here we are because of the capitalist system and what it, it requires. Um, and just everyone's entitled to the value of their labor because labor is priceless in the same way that, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? What's it called? Sentimental memories are priceless. You know, it's not that they are valueless, but they have, they could never be assigned a true value. And if you do, Agree, you do generate some sort of agreed value, you should be entitled to it. Um, I mean, they're buying your life from you exactly. for an allotted amount of time. Exactly. And so like being in the retail industry, having to do it every day, being encouraged to upsell and get people to spend as much money as possible and then coming home with no kind of a cut of it, no sort of increase in my own daily like value of life. It's been pushing me a whole lot more into my own personal passions. And even though it's not specifically because, you know, when I make music and I put out a song and I get paid for that, we're going to ignore the Spotify takes from all of their artists. We're going to, we're going to talk more about like merch and, uh, hey, Spotify is my new platform, man. Don't be screwing. They're my, they're my, they're my number one platform too. I can't get out of here. Uh, but, uh, you know, even when I sell a CD, even if it only sells for $2, I make those $2. I get all of the value that I assign to this thing that I create. And that feels so, so much better than going to work and generating thousands of dollars for some white guy in a chair thousands of miles away and receiving none of it, receiving crumbs. I feel like, I feel like I'm in industrial, industrial revolution London you know, trying to scrape soot off of walls to feed myself, even though I'm making cars every day at work. It's ridiculous. Um, well, there's that argument. You'd be nothing without me, though, right? Right. You, the, you wouldn't have a mic. You wouldn't have a... You wouldn't a have the clothes seat, on your yeah. back, and you couldn't afford the nice house. Well, I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to say, you know, you know, there's a... And I do not... I'm just being a devil's advocate for discussion here. Yeah. Um, you know... The, the capitalist shows up with the factory. Mm -hmm. You couldn't build the car in your backyard and get all of that right, labor, right? right? The capitalist shows up and invests in the material that you need and all of that. But the capitalist also uses that as a weapon. Yeah. Right? They, they try to, to sell this, this illusion of without me, nothing could happen when it's a two-way street. The cap, you couldn't buy a factory on your own for sure, but they can't run a factory by themselves either, you know? And so it's, it's the, I hate that, that illusion that capitalists try to sell and have sold and get away with selling because truly I couldn't, I don't have the capital to start up a business on my own. I don't have the capital to open up an entire professional standard record label and hire all the people I would need to do that to make my own music successful overnight, quote unquote. Um, but in that same breath, labels and such, company owners and such can't do anything without their employees. They are virtually nothing. Yeah. You will never be nothing as an artist mm -hmm. without the label. 
the label would always be nothing without the artists. Yes. Yes. And we've seen this. We've seen it at Sparrow, mm -hmm. just across the street here. With we've been the, seeing it at Kellogg's. We name saw, them all. We've been seeing name it them all. at all of these different companies throughout this last year that just all their employees have been going on strike and getting these unionizing. Um, that one Starbucks was their first Starbucks to unionize yeah. ever. I forget what state it was. Is it Utah? I want to say Wisconsin, but I don't even know. Let's just guess it. Let's just say it was Utah. Montana. <laughs> um, but, you know, we see it now. All of these employees kind of collectively realizing, like, you know, like, especially if you got the whole store fighting to unionize at the same time, it's a lot more expensive to hire a bunch of scabs than it is to just bend to some reasonable demands. Especially if you're... I'm not even going to say, especially if your employees are working hard. If your employees are working, if you have employees, you need to pay them a fair cut of what they create. I don't, I'm not with the whole like, oh, well, like they're not working as hard. Bill's not working as hard as Linda, so he doesn't deserve the wage, even though he works the same hours and, uh, and such. Um, although reverse the genders in that situation, because that's the reality with the whole uh, uh, wage gap. But regardless, like people should be given part of what they generate, period. And I love that we are seeing more of that with people going on strike. And I want more people to remember every day you are entitled to the value you create, especially for an employer. You make them everything. You are something without them, but they are nothing without you. And it's so, so important. And all of your coworkers feel the same way. They like getting paid for the things that they do. Everyone does. We want to feel like our time is properly valued. No one likes being undervalued. We only let ourselves be undervalued because we don't believe we have a fighting chance if we try to stand up to it. And time and time again, honestly, the only way we've gotten the majority of our rights and civil liberties in every aspect of life is through coll collectively unionizing, grassroots movements, and things like that. And collaborating. And collaborating, yes. And solidarity. Yes. You know, don't yes, cross the picket line. Yesterday on the show, wink, wink again, because it was earlier today. <laughs> wink, wink. But Marshall <laughs> Clabeau and I talked about work and life, and how you know you you get up and you go to work, and it's a half your day, right? Yeah. It's eight out of the sixteen hours oh, you're going to be away. Yeah. And why, if we're competing as as workers, if we're not in so solidarity? I'm stepping on your throat to get my extra 50 cents mm -hmm. and I'm punching at you when we should be punching up. Yeah. Right. And I'm surrounded by people who maybe feel broke and oppressed and can't afford, you know, wherever they live and don't know how they're going to feed their kid. And it creates this toxic environment for everybody and maybe toxic is the wrong word but an unhealthy environment for everybody including the employer yeah right oh yeah um we saw that in one of your earlier jobs uh, uh, last yes. year right yes yes and you know that i don't know just keep going man keep talking just like oh, the Everyone works better when they feel properly appreciated. A lot of employers nowadays, thankfully, I'm seeing it more and more through the different jobs I move through, is employers understanding that if their staff are happy, then they are going to do a better job, right? And the next step from just treating your staff like people, which is where we are going, the next step after that is to pay them what they, honestly, the step with this is to pay them as they should be. Because... I mean, shit, I've, I'm willing to do a lot more for the proper payment, for fair payment. 
you know? Like, I'd be willing to walk from here to Mount Everest for the proper dollar amount. We're not going to talk about that that's because I don't have money. Um, I'm not sure if that's feasible or not. <laughs> right. We're going <laughs> to. Well, it's it's but, uh, a Stephen Wright's old joke. Everywhere's walking distance if you have the time. Exactly. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I get real worked up about it, about the value that is lost to employers solely through these kind of, these just absolutely slimy, grimy, like methods of being like, oh, well, you haven't worked here long enough. Oh, you're not professional enough. Oh, well, we need you to do more extra side work before we'll pay you that. Or just all of these, all of these different things, all of these different things. Have you, uh, in 2021, did you think you saw employers start to be a little bit more enlightened? Like some of them are starting to get it or yeah. not? I don't know. If, or is it forced? Like I want to say. They got hit in the head and now they have to believe. I want to say enlightened is a little, oh, enlightened is a little optimistic. It's. <laughs> True that they're definitely recognizing more of these realities of what the workers are recognizing as well and have recognized before is that we deserve better. Um, I feel like for employers, though, it's more from a place of fear, you know, um, is that, oh, God, like, I think we need to start treating them better or we will suffer, um, which honestly, good. You should be afraid. Treat your employees better or go under. Um, is there a percentage there where it is authentic? They're like, oh, I'm gonna shit. say about ten percent is authentic. Oh, ten percent. I, I, oh, I think I'm being generous. I think, <laughs> I think a I'm bit being generous, generous too, but because I, I, I think was gonna say is, six, but I wanted to, I wanted a whole number. What six is a fraction? Dang it! I wanted a number that ends in zero. Um, but just, uh, I don't know. I think you're right. I think 10 is a little high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think there are some that are doing okay. And I'm not, you know, I'm more pro worker. I told everybody in the beginning of 2021, quit your job and swing for the fences in your next job. I say that forever. And I think it should be forever too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, honestly, in the, in the end, I think what we should be swinging for as a, a big social movement would be universal basic income and not just as the literal sense of income, but in the literal sense of universal, as in it covers everything. I think there is no reason that I think, let me back up a little bit. I want to, I want to talk about government, right? Because a lot of people have a lot of different views on the entire purpose of why a government exists. Um, and just to, to clear things up, to make my, my stance a little bit more clear is I think government could be good if we've rebuilt it in a way where it was much, 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 much more just internally centric. Not, not in the sense of like the isolationism of past America, but in the sense of the majority of our budget shouldn't be military, even though that's technically quote unquote defense. Um, it should be infrastructure. It should be education. It should be maintaining quality of life, making sure that everybody has a living income and more even whether or not they're working or not. Because as we've seen, especially with COVID, is that even if people, not here, but in other places, were given 
income to survive while quarantined. Even when our needs are met and we have everything we could need, we're still gonna wanna do some work. People get bored. We need something to do with our time. We just need to not be forced into doing something we don't want. We all want to do something and jobs will be filled regardless, but we should be filling them with people who want to be there. Can I make a uh, recommendation to the crowd? Yes. Go out and find the book. Um, uh, what was that movie? Reefer Madness. Ah. Find the book. Reefer Madness has nothing to do with that old school movie. Oh. But what it <laughs> does talk about is in the 60s and 70s, they did a lot of studies with universal basic income. And what um, happened was that people invested in themselves they invested in their education they found jobs that they love to do their productivity went up they never quit working because they uh, people have a innate desire to create exactly. and they will continue to do that no matter what oh. and ubi pays off every single time and we actually have a small experiment in the u.s going on right now with uh, the child uh, tax credits and the $300 per child per month that some families have been getting. Okay. And Robert Reich, sorry, is the uh, ex-Department of Labor, Secretary of the Department of Labor. Mm -hmm. And he just wrote an op-ed or whatever about how many kids got raised out of poverty during the pandemic because of this and how much better the health income or outcomes the health or the educational outcomes and all of that will be and he referenced how the labors the laborers stood up to kellogg and to john deere and to all those other places starbucks there have been a, been a yeah. lot of strikes i have not it has been hard to keep track thankfully in a lot of industries where i didn't purchase anything in the beginning so it was easy not to cross a lot of picket lines um Kellogg got me. I had I it, it took a long it took a lot longer to do shopping trips for snacks during that strike, and I'm glad they got their stuff settled. Well, I'll read the whole history of Kellogg because <laughs> you might want to go back to your book. <laughs> I'm just proud that they got their strike going. <laughs> they just um, don't want you to masturbate. As no. long as you don't masturbate, everything will be right. And look, no one's yeah. gonna stop me from masturbating. <laughs> um, but the human—it's a thing, man. People do it. Get mm -hmm. over it. Oh yeah. But um, back to what we were saying a second ago is the human condition is absolutely to create. It is creation. We love it. We do it. It is the only thing we want to do. We just find new ways to do it. And if we are given the means to do it, we will not only create things, we will create the best versions of the things we want to create. You know, in the same in the sense that, like, if I gave you a job to do, like, say you hate baking and I'm like, you got to bake me a three tier cake you're probably not even going to try too hard because you don't want to do it. You don't want to be here. I'm going to stick my finger in it. Right. You're going to mess up the measurements because you don't care who's eating it or how it tastes. You're not eating it. But, you know, if I if I ask you what do you want to do and you say make a three-tier cake and I give you the means to do it, you're going to make the best goddamn three-tier cake ever. And I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, we all understand innately. We all know we'll do better when given better. And we just got to keep pushing for it. We're getting it slowly through all of these strikes. Well, not even slowly, kind of quickly through all of these strikes. And we just got to keep pushing. Do not stop. There is no end in sight. You can always receive better. I love it. 
So as you know, I, I said before, we we're trying to keep this at about 30 minutes yep. and I knew you and I would try to do two hours. Remember the uh, old days in 99 problems, but a pitch ain't oh one when God. you were over there and I was over here or we were down in the studio and we were like fucking pissed. Oh. We were pissed about everything. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. we were having like two hour 99 problems. The, oh, the yeah. pitches were like eight minutes long. The rest of the show was you and I just, just ranting. Oh, I could rant for forever. <laughs> I could rant for absolutely forever. So I'm going to switch subjects, but not, but before that, is there something else you want to say before I take away that space, I guess? Um, well, I guess the last thing I want to add in here, not on the topic of uh, everything we were saying for the last 10, 20 minutes, but my new album came out with that whole show we did at Halloween, Born of Being Kind, for my band, Crawl Spaces. You know, you should check it out. Support it. If you go to our Instagram, Crawl Spaces, or our Facebook, or our Twitch, you'll find links to all of our stuff. We got Patreon now so that we can receive support, and you can donate and get access to a bunch of cool stuff that you can do with us. Um, so that we can hopefully stop working our terrible day jobs and receive, you know, what our labor is worth. We, uh, it's been at least three out of the four shows have talked about people need to get into the space where they're following their passions. Yes. Like I really see you as a game developer in there somewhere too, which is a different which is form what I of am creating. Right right? I'm loving it right now. Because <laughs> um, I remember how happy you were and how good you were at leading them. I mean, it was a weird little group. The group was strange, <laughs> but I did have a lot of fun leading games on yeah. That was super, super fun. And I think that's a passion I'd love to see you explore, or I'm glad to see you exploring more well, hey, or yeah, again. Yeah, no, I love doing it. And this game that we're putting out, me and Jackson, is going to be fucking sick. Right. Um, we live stream it a bunch, so anyone through through Spotify or through the through the cam right now that's watching wants to check it out, check it out. Keep track of our development. It's going to be free. Yeah. Um, and we'll post some links uh, when the show airs tomorrow yeah. and stuff like that. Sweet. So last thing. Yeah. Would you be comfortable telling us something that you had to overcome or that you're struggling or working on overcoming right now? Oh, I got some things. I'm trying to pick a good, a good one, though is uh, honestly just um, being, I'm struggling with being nice to myself for not being motivated all the time. You know, it's very easy, especially like I'll hit these swings where like um, up until that October show for the like four or five months leading up to it, I was doing everything. One thing after another, had so many projects going on, getting stuff done left and right. And then leading up to the Halloween show, I told myself consciously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna chill through the winter. Gotta rest because I'm a human being, and I'm resting, and I'm finding it hard to rest because I feel like it, it feels almost like I'm being inadequate. It comes back to the whole like capitalist system that we're raised in that we have to well, always that we be were doing. educated. In, yeah, right? we're educated is that we have to always be doing something to be valuable or whatnot, and constantly trying to remind myself like, okay, resting is of value. Existing at all and feeling okay is what's of value, and. Uh, so that's what I've been struggling with a lot recently, and it's it's been really nice. It's been really refreshing, like purposely making myself do nothing and just be okay with it. You know, human beings are not built to do stuff all the time. That's what we made robots for, 
and hopefully they take over everything so we can do what we want all the time, which is most frequently going to include doing nothing, which is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cover everything, you think? I think so. That's everything I had to talk about every damn day. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like I've known you forever. Oh, yeah. I really do. And I love you to death. Uh, you, you know, my whole family does. Hell yeah. And uh, it's, I always love it when you come around here. And thanks for coming on and doing yeah. the show. And I, I appreciate you so very much. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, we'll have to cut that out of the show within four or five more days, I think. But right. yeah. <laughs> I love what you're thinking. I love y'all. I'm so happy that you're out there fighting for workers and doing what you're doing. And uh, keep it up, my man. Oh, yeah. I so, always will. Unionize, unionize, unionize. Unionize until uh, I die. You know what I, I keep saying? Uh, legalize, decentralize, and actualize. Maybe I need to fit unionize in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Right? I got to think. I got to look at that. I got to look at that. All right, man. It was great being on. Season two, episode four. It's a wrap. It's a Thank wrap. Thank you so very, very much. Woo. All right. And we're going to have Jackson on soon, right? Yeah, we'll have my bandmate Jackson on soon. You'll All get right. to hear from him in his modeling career and his working with children. He actually likes children. I don't like being around children. I respect the fuck out of the younger generation, though. They're everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, he can relate to them pretty good. I've oh. seen him do it. Mm -hmm. So, All right, everyone. See you on 